Are we on the first one? Welcome to this episode of the Prestige-ish Media Podcast. In this episode, we will be covering True Detective Season 1, Episode 4, Who Goes There? Please know in this episode, we may have spoilers through Episode 5. I'll be your host for this episode, Craig Lake. Due to scheduling conflicts, we have recorded this episode as a two-part, one part Jessisode and one part Danisode, if you will. Part one of this episode will be co-hosted with Jessica Z. Part two of this episode will be co-hosted by Dan McNair. We hope you will join us for coming episodes as we cover True Detective seasons one through three on the way to the season four premiere January 14th on HBO, which we will also be covering. Now, without further ado, here's the Jessisode and Danisode. Episode four is Who Goes There? This I like is... the way this episode starts. Actually, I give this episode, I think, a 10. Really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. So much action, so much drama, so much emotion. So Dan actually gave this episode a pretty high score. He gave it an 8.7 out of 10. Wow, he is exact. Okay, fine. I give it a 9.8. <laughs> so I look at this episode two ways. I think it's a really interesting episode. Like in a vacuum, it almost doesn't fit with the season. Like it almost seems like it. it's a different show for this episode for me. A lot more high energy. I actually... And it has, like, its own, it, it watches, like, a movie. Like, it's got its own plot. So I respect it for all those reasons, but I actually don't like it as much as most of the other episodes. Like, is it because you feel like it doesn't fit right in the show? So it... Yeah, I respect it for that, too. So it's, like, I'm not, I like what they did, whatever. It's just not what I enjoy. If it's not like, cohesive, you can't give it a an amazing score right i like the weird rush shit and the weird marty shit and all the i like all the normal interaction more than the action i like some of the mystery some of the almost i don't know you wonder if there's like a supernatural thing at, 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 you know at play with this carcosa or like colts all this weird stuff this is just like an episode of breaking bad it's a good episode i think i'll give it i'll give it an eight no Yes, I'll give it an 8 because it deserves it, but maybe 7.9. So they start off the scene with Charlie in prison. They're asking him about, is this the part that you did like how it started with the prison scene? I did like that just because it's chill. I don't know, because you can kind of feel what he's feeling. That sinking feeling in your stomach. Holy shit, I'm the reason that she's dead. Yeah, so it's pretty interesting. They start asking him about the Ledoux boy. Apparently, he showed Reggie pictures of her. So that's when you kind As of. I think like, most cellmates do that. They share <laughs> a little bit about their past, their relationships. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense that you would talk about your relationships. Come on, guys are going to brag and be like, yo, look at my fucking girlfriend. Look at how hot she is, especially like guys with lower IQs who like don't, you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't prefer to show dudes my current girlfriends, but I know that is something that does happen. But I do think it's a little odd. But I get it there. I mean, it all makes sense. That's why I think you get that sinking feeling is because you can kind of see that this is, was a bad move. So 
he talks about how creepy Reggie was, that he was a cook chemist. He said he talked like a short eyes. Do you know what short eyes is slang for? No. I had to look it up. They said it was prison slang for child. So maybe don't show him pictures of your young ex-wife. Anyway, he said that Reggie Ledoux talked about Richmond, devil worshippers, Carcosa, the Yellow King, sacrificing. They said he had a spiral on his back. They asked for his buddy Tyrone Weems. At this point, are you definitely thinking this is the killer with the spiral on the back, the devil worshipping, all that stuff? No, yeah, I think that all signs point to yes. I did think it was funny when Marty said it had to be tough to be in a cell with somebody like talking crazy all the time or whatever to be trapped with somebody like that. I thought that was kind of a funny line because obviously he's trapped with Rust. So Charlie asked for a deal. Rust says parole board nod, fair is fair. And then that's where he asks if the pictures got Dory killed. Russ says yes. Marty's asking him later, like, why he told him that. And he said, because he asked for the parole board nod first before he asked about the ex-wife. And he said, fuck him. Did you think that he should have told him that he caused it or he should have lied to him and pretended, like, you know, showing him the pictures didn't cause it? like, I don't know, hormonal teenager 20s or whatever, say something to hurt their ex or something. It reminded me of that. Marty does, again, show, I guess he shows more restraint in his anger and upset and everything than than Russ does. In different ways. I mean, I think that's why these two really are such a good team to watch, you know, because they they both have weaknesses. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. So this is where we see Lisa in court giving, you know, Marty shit publicly. She does say, you need to respect me, Marty. So you think she's just pissed about what happened, but not... I'm just trying to tie how we get from... I feel like Marty's saying, it's cool, I'm done with you. He sucked a little dick, or you sucked a little dick. But then we go from this to he ultimately... You know, she ultimately tells his wife what's going on. Yeah. How do we get from A to B? How do you justify it? Trying to understand what the purpose was for her other than being spiteful, hurt. And then why are you spiteful and hurt if he's giving you what you want, which is, you know, he's going to leave you alone. I guess you do make a valid point there. I guess it just didn't really occur to me. I'm typically too lazy to play games. She was playing the long game, I guess, if that was her intention or whatever. I mean, why? I mean, I think at that point she was done with him by the time she tells his wife. But if he's giving you what you want, which is leaving you alone, if that's truly what you want. So I guess then maybe it wasn't truly what she wanted. Well, I mean, I think. And he embarrassed her at work. It might have been what he, it might have been what she wanted, but he hurt her. He wounded her emotionally. He hurt her. I think by not wanting her her anymore. Well, no, she was approaching him at work. I mean, that was all. Like, he did not want to have that conversation there, so. She thought she was going to be able to scold him and embarrass him, but then he ultimately embarrassed her and then got, like, the last word. Yeah, and I think. She said, nah, honey, I'm going to have the last word. Yeah, well, I think when she, like, ultimately she got what she wanted, but when she realized that he didn't want her anymore, she was hurt enough to do, you know, significant damage. Uh, So Marty follows a strip club girl to a rave. Did younger Jessica ever go to any raves? Have you been to a rave? No. Where do they exist? I feel like I only know one 
no well, maybe my brother two my brother was a rave boy yeah i feel like one of my friends from middle school would go to him but do you think their rave was as good as prospero's rave dude you live in las vegas you there's know where clubs. the raves are you know I mean, where the raves are well no like we have clubs we don't have like raves you just go to the oh, club you, you probably don't... just aren't like on the circuit then you just, no, like, I'm, def- in... I'm definitely not on never have been on the circuit i've never been to a rave that's not been to a club but not a rave so marty comes home to the note from his wife lisa told on him I had another question for you about Lisa. Some of the things she's saying is, you think this is okay with what you do? This is what you get? I did find her to be kind of, what's the right word? A hypocrite? Because obviously she was engaging in this activity with him. Like, why is she acting so on her high horse that like men are terrible and you men do this? But she was the one engaging with him, you know? I don't know if she is really on a high horse. Maybe this was a clearing of her conscience as well. But I just hate that his wife got stuck in the crossfire and got hurt by it. And I think it was fair by what Marty said, too, is you don't do that to somebody that has kids, I don't think. It was just a husband and a wife. No, That's a conversation. He but have done it. He was the one doing it. Yeah, but I mean, fucking with somebody's family that way. To oh, like... if it wasn't her, it would have been someone else. Well, it should have been somebody else. It was her, and she partook. I just think she's every bit responsible as he was for no, the activities she has, that she has. That no they... resp- she said no vows to Marty's wife. No, I know, but I'm just saying she was certainly there. She handcuffed him. I mean, she was, you know, okay. and some. I'm just saying, like, for her to act all high and mighty, and he's the bad guy. Like, she was participating every bit as much as he was. Yeah, and he probably gave her a sob story of, oh, my wife doesn't pay attention to me. My wife's out with some boyfriend tonight. Like She did call him a wet-noodled whiskey dick fuck, which was an interesting then line. He said, then he said he was going to skull fuck her. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty heated. <laughs> who, who, had both... the, who had the better closing line in your book? I think she is better with words. I thought that was a funnier quote. Like, the skull fucking was a little violent uh um so he calls maggie's dad maggie won't maggie's dad won't put her on the phone what's your opinion of maggie's dad jake so far i think he's a great dad i just think he's i don't know he's kind of weird he's protective of his daughter and he thinks you know she's his sunshine i think it's weird when i mean you've got kids together you're that old at some point you got to have a real human conversation yeah but i mean you think, kid, like, if you have kids together, you deserve to be cheated on? No, but I think you can if still ha- live like you've a been happy married. life without your husband. <laughs> you can still. I think. I think you're just like. You I think don't you just have, have a- to be cheated on forever. <laughs> I know, but I think you have a conversation. I don't think you just put like your dad on the phone. And I, think I think that sweet sauce. I think that when she's less vulnerable, I think he won't, you know, block that conversation from happening. But maybe let her gain her strength and everything before just running back to him yeah no i mean i can understand you need you might need to give it a day or two so marty finds tyrone weems in the rave club he finds out that reggie ledoux only cooks for one bike club that it's the iron crusaders russ tells the cops in the current timeline that he took time off to see his dad marty shows up at the hospital once again waving his badge around the doctor's like, yeah but are you here in that capacity 
what were your thoughts on Marty showing up at the hospital? Super awkward. Again, my him flashing his badge, trying to you know be above the rules because of using his job to. So somebody people. called Russ, but we don't see who. But I have a feeling it was Maggie. Do you it think it was Maggie? Maggie? Yeah. Okay. I don't know that they showed that, but I just definitely thought it was her. Rust is so as this process is happening, we're kind of getting two things because Marty had called Rust and told him it was the Iron Crusaders. So this was like the biker gang that he knew. So we see Rust has like Jameson. He has all these old guns, this like box. I think he's got like a leather jacket in there. Russ gets Marty at the hospital, tells him they have a job to do. Like, it kind of seems like he's only involving Marty to get him away from Maggie. Is he that is. your read on that? Yeah, because I think it showed him he was at his apartment or something. And I think he got like a call from Maggie. Yeah, but it was like, it was, like he was going to go do this alone. Yeah. Yeah. And then he comes right away. It really looked like story to get he was going to do it alone until he got drugged into this mess. So they're at the bar and. <laughs> Marty keeps trying to talk to him about the situation. I think the quote of the scene, Rust says, all that dick swagger you roll and you can't spot crazy pussy. He mentions that he thought, I didn't think this, but he mentions that it looked like a younger version of his wife. Once again, Rust takes time off. He's going to go undercover, off the books. I didn't really understand if he was like taking time off, was Marty supposed to be taking time off? Because it doesn't seem like he could, but it doesn't seem like they knew he was off. Like, just Rust was off. I thought that was a little bit of a plot hole. Maybe um, he had to, like, maybe, I think, because he said he was going to have to be around a couple weeks before he met up with that guy. So we just don't see the time period in between, maybe? Yeah, we don't. What did you think of Marty staying in Rust? I just thought it was, like, kind of funny that they were even staying together. You know how small that apartment is. You know how uncomfortable that would be. Like, Russ doesn't seem like a roommate kind of guy, you nope. know? No, he does not. <laughs> and that is not like a roommate kind of apartment. He doesn't even seem like an apartment kind of guy. <laughs> so he says the, they kind of start like, talking like about. Like, I just mean he doesn't seem like someone who would want a lot of neighbors. I don't. Yeah. Mean, yeah. I don't mean he seems like he would own a mansion or anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I can understand that. I don't know. So he mentions that the stakes aren't that high. You know, the stakes if he gets caught as a bullet to your head. He mentions previously when he was involved with the cartel, they would duct tape you to the floor, scalp your face off, show you your face in your mirror, and cut your dick off and your balls and shove them down your throat. How do you think you would handle having your face cut off and shown to you? Like, how quick do you I die with like your it. face off? Dude, I don't know. I can't even think about that. That's all. Oh. At least they can't cut your dick and balls off, though. You got that going for you. Yeah, that's why I got rid of him in the first place. He was injecting cayenne and ink into his arms. Did you think he was injecting drugs at first? And any thoughts on that? No, I don't. I, I like injecting like into your veins is such a weird thing for me to think about or look at. Like it's not something I could ever do. And it's like yeah. cr cringy for me to watch. But like, I don't understand. Like, I can't figure out why anyone would do. Yeah. But he's obviously trying to create fake track marks so they believe that he's a user. What did you think about his scheme to replace the Coke in the evidence room and steal the Coke? All totally fine and above board? Or do you have yeah, any problems with like, them? Kind of see how he was using it. It just was like, mm, smart. Maggie and Rust meet. And Rust tells her that she should take Marty back and let Marty see the kids. Any thoughts on that? 
I think that he was doing his partner a solid. Yeah, it's kind of a rare instance. And she respects. I think she respects Rust and his opinion on things. Yeah, and, for sure. And I think that was really cool of him to do. And I think she was expecting that. Like, I don't think she like loved having that I conversation. Think, and I think he also respects her, like not asking her to take him back or anything, but just letting him see the kids. Yeah, it was an interesting scene. I almost looked at it at the, as the opposite of the other scene. Like, I think there's some mutual attraction here. And in the one scene, she's kind of pushing him towards Jen. And in this scene, he's kind of pushing her back towards her husband. They had to meet up with a biker game gang. The contact is Ginger. Marty's supposed to stay in the car. Rust, whose nickname is Crash, said he was working in San Miguel. He made connections to trade Coke for meth. So basically, Ginger says he's got this job. If he does the job, then he'll back him in trying to get him with his meth contact. In the meantime, Marty sneaks into this biker strip club thing. He never should have left his car, right? Oh, yeah, that's a motorcycle club clubhouse. Yeah, I thought that was pretty crazy. And like only. Watching him trying to navigate around there. Have you known any bikers in your day? What do you know about? motorcycle clubs oh you can't talk about that i'm not willing to speak about that on air <laughs> okay you can't talk about like the members don't even talk about it yeah it's something i've never really been around or had access to shocker of the day probably yeah they may i know that they make the lower level guys those are the ones who are most likely like to be violent or to be you know carrying drugs or whatever because they make them do like the riskier stuff to prove themselves and earn their spot in the motorcycle club that was like kind of an interesting pseudo strip club it was kind of like a weird setup for sure yeah, they have like, their own girls and their own members and everything so good to know so through this process ginger makes rust do a bunch of drugs do you think it would be hard to like if you hadn't done drugs in a long time to be taking in all these substances and still achieve all the things you're trying to achieve like i would think it would up the For level a of difficulty person, sure i think rust has got it uh, i don't think it's been that long so they have a hostage who's going to lead them to a stash house in the houston projects his name is tiger thomas it seemed like Russ at least had some knowledge of the area, which is what I think saved them. And it also seemed like Russ thought it was a really bad idea to begin with. Yeah, I wonder uh, if he was like a cop in that area. In well, I mean, obviously he worked days. in Texas, so I'm sure during some of his narco days he had work. He was familiar oh, with that area. Yeah. And like he and well, he was I like, no, as a white guy, like if that's like not his territory. I mean, sure, he there? knew of the area though, because you could hear him like pushing them for questions and trying to make sure they thought it out and they clearly hadn't. And he's, oh yeah, I'm sure you guys have thought all this out already. But like he was trying to ask the right questions because it was going to be a difficult situation to get. Yeah, he obviously he, has, yeah, had knowledge of the area. Like at least that it wasn't a great situation to begin with and how quick they yeah. had to be in and out of there. So as they're robbing the stash house, everybody's taking too long. Some of the people in the projects are trying to Things make pressure outside of the of house. Control. Yeah. Just tell me your thoughts about this scene. Like, how'd you feel about it? What'd you think it was, it was happening? Dude, the like, anxiety is building. That is, it was, it was exciting. It was exciting. Yeah. And that's why even this is a movie scene. This is, could be a whole different show. The scene's just insane. Narcos. Filmed very well. The cinematography's 
great. The editing was great. Yeah. Um, did you think they were going to get out unscathed? Yeah, what like, were you thinking I think, as it was I think happening? We've, we've spent most of the time in the suburbs or in the rural areas. And now it does look like it's filmed in a completely different scene, like setting and everything yeah, like, than, than what we've seen so far. They spent a good chunk of budget on this episode. This is a lot of money was spent on that scene for sure. Yeah. And I just... I mean, I knew he was already, the situation was going to be bad when they already had that guy kidnapped in their place. And I was yeah. like, this is only going to get worse from here. And then it did. Every second, it just kept building and building. And then when shit goes awry and then he is checking the back door and, is, and then I'm like, oh, it's on now. And then I didn't understand him wanting to take the ginger man with him. So, I mean, it was twofold. He wanted to make sure he could get hit. I think he was worried that he would just die there. And so his only way to get to the contact mm, was to take him. And yeah. that's why he that's why he kind of had to expose himself. He had just had to, like, basically hit him over the head and drag his ass with him because he wasn't going to get him out of there any other way. Like, he was just going to die there. And But I don't understand why gin- the ginger man wouldn't want to get out of there instead of dying as well. Is it just pride? Yeah, I mean, I think he would feel like they're running and like, I don't know what like the code of ethics is in those groups or whatever. But I think, yeah, I mean, I think and he couldn't be like, he still was even like, oh, you asshole and stuff like that. When like, dude, turn around. Your friends were already shot. The same fate is going to that was going to be your fate if you didn't. Well, I think because to get him out of there, he he punched him to get him out of there because I don't think he thought he would leave any other way. And so. In that process, he felt betrayed and exposed. And then you're having some white guy that definitely looks like a cop pick you up around the corner, you know? I think he felt like he was probably going to get exposed. But it was just like the whole time they were running away. Dude, come on. Yeah, no, I... I, And also, why was he so out of shape? Yeah, I wish Ginger would have been a little more cooperative. They definitely would have hurt him with the way he was... (laughs) Like, he was going to die, for sure. And I definitely thought those guys were going to come back after them when the chick saw them. I mean, they were, what, a yard and a half away? Super, definitely, like, cringy, anxiety-filled scenes. Episode four, what's your rating on this episode? This is who goes there, and then your overall takeaway on this one. Okay, whereas I didn't like the last episode, this was my favorite episode to date. This was everything I was craving. I went through the fasting period, and now I'm sitting down to Junksgiving dinner. So, you know, there was a lot going through. We really got to see Rust, I think, embracing his element and leading the way. But Marty there is good support. I was blown away by the long shot at the end of the episode as things are really happening. And like artistically, visually, I was very impressed on top of all the developments and implications and things that came out of it. Yeah, and then for further reference, Jessica gave this a 10. After she heard you gave it an 8.7, she revised hers the 9.7. I'm moving needles. I have to break this episode down two ways. For actually what I like about True Detective or this season or the Marty and the rest stuff, I actually don't like it as much, but... 
on its face as an episode of television out of this season, it's almost like a totally different show. You know what I mean? It's yeah. almost... I it's, can see that. Like it's, it's almost Marty like an and episode. Rust in Miami Vice all of a sudden. Yeah. Or, or you know, you know, breaking bad adjacent or and so like I can so I split it up two different ways. Like my personal preference, I think I maybe give it a seven. I gave it an eight out of just respect for the cinematography, the scope, like the, all, everything's amazing. The action sequences, it's just not what I prefer and, and or specifically of this show but it's done very well. It, but for me, it's almost like a bottle episode and that it's almost a diff. This episode is almost a different program to me than the, you know, and we'll see once you break the other eight down, but it's just a different feel for me. With that said, what were your thoughts on Charlie in prison, them getting info out of him on Reggie Ledoux and how that ties to maybe some Richmond devil worship, yellow King, all these types of things and then him asking for the deal and then if him showing pictures to this guy maybe was the cause of things and Russ being like yeah I probably wouldn't show her those pictures what was your kind of take on that whole first scene I thought it was interesting you do get like this coldness from Rust and it's you know Charlie's kind of an idiot and you would wonder like how he doesn't recognize in prison that his cellmate is Reggie LaDouche back, you know? Yeah. So I, I didn't mind Rust kind of putting it to him, being like, yeah, this is all your fault. This is on you. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I, I think I don't even know exactly what Rust's code is, but he has some sort of code where he justifies in his things how he's reacting to people. And in this scene specifically, he says it's because he asked for parole before he asked about his ex or whatever but i think that's maybe why some of his because he does break the rules a lot i mean he does do things yeah. that are outside the box a lot but I, I feel like maybe why the audience is more comfort comforted by it is even if we don't know what his code is i think we feel like there are some sort of boundaries in the code where i don't know that marty you know holds himself to that same consistent standard he's a little more hypocritical to his he's own hypocritical beliefs and marty's emotional you know, we see in this, or no, that's actually the next episode. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think some of, we do see a little bit of this in the previous episode where, like, he's talking about boundaries and how Russ really needed a family while he's, like, showing up to the house to beat the shit out of the guy or almost yeah. beat the shit out of the guy. Just, I always love his, like, over-current timeline commentary about boundaries and family while he's doing everything but that. Very so different. what was your read on the Lisa scene in court? Because what I was trying to ask Jessica is it seemed like she was done with Rust or with Marty at the bar. And Marty is done with her and she's freaking out him in, on him in the courtroom. But he, she's like getting what she wants. Like, I get he shouldn't have broke into her house, but he's saying he's done. She's getting that. What's the problem? I think with her, she's just like still pissed. And feeling owed some emotional capital. I don't even know if she knows what that is. But if you've ever had a really uncomfortable interaction and then you're still forced to be in the same workspace as somebody, until that somehow resolves itself, there's going to be anger flare-ups and stuff like that. And that's, you know, really what seems to happen in the courtroom. 
And the fact that she goes to the extent that she does to get revenge on him, you know, I think kind of tells you where she's at with it. I won't be treated this way. I'll burn your house down, basically, figuratively, you know, because you did that to me. Yeah, I mean, I think she wanted to be done, but seeing the lack of emotional attachment and that Russ or that Marty is fine being done, I think she kind of snaps the other way a bit. So as that happens, he comes home. He's got this letter from his wife. Lisa's told him all of these various things. When he does call her to talk about this, I get that Marty's the bad guy and he's supposed to be the bad guy and whatever, but she's gets you think it's okay with you that that you think it's okay what you do this is what you get she's talking about men in general and what they do around their you know around, i'm trying to think of like away from around behind the backs of their families but i guess my question is yes that's true but she participated in all of this she was like a key party who knowingly made decisions i guess i'm trying to figure out how she feels so I don't know if superior is the right word to him, Justified. but, but she, you know, she seems pretty high and mighty for somebody that who partook in all of this with him, you know? Yeah. And I think she was kind of playing a game that got really serious and there is, I don't know, for lack of a better term, a little bit of a sore loser kind of part of it. So yeah i don't know it's icky it definitely is but she just basically threw her controller at the nintendo 64 is what she did i think that's fair well and i think considering how nasty it got she might have also broke it entirely the 64 she like she went past controller throwing (laughs) she it's in 64 little pieces now Marty showing up at the hospital waving his badge. Any commentary you want to add to that as a known Marty Stan? I think we could kind of see it going there. I found it kind of interesting that Rust was the one that was the only person somehow that was able to defuse it. He was the go-to call. Um, I think it was Maggie who called him, right? Yeah, I don't know yeah that that's... They... Yeah. Do they show that or was it... Is that's It's assumed. You know, I think she picks up the phone. This is how I'm remembering it. You don't see what number she dials, but she pretty much says, like, you need to come here now and fix them. It's out of control. And then Rush shows up. So you put the two and two together. That's how it worked in my head. So now we kind of, like, Rust takes Marty away from all of this with this. He's going to go off the books, undercover, it kind of sets up this interesting thing where he has to lie and say he was taking time off for his dad. And that's one of the main reasons the current timeline cops are suspecting him, but neither of them can really confirm what's happened here. What were your thoughts is he was kind of prepping and, you know, I guess taking Coke out of evidence, injecting cayenne and ink into his arm, like all the kind of build up to them actually going to Texas. Yeah, I was actually a little confused at first where he said he needed to take time off because I believed it. I'm like, okay. hey. And and so it took me a minute to kind of catch up. And I caught on pretty quick that, that Rust was basically building his undercover character. And like the, the detail and the stuff that he's gone through, like you can tell he knows what he's doing and he's done this before and he's got a plan like there's part of rust that's kind of like a super spy i swear like he's got this facet to himself where he can become somebody different and put on a disguise and steal the knock list and you know just 
grab a hang glider and fly out of. Yeah, and I guess that would come from his disconnection from his family. Once that part died, I think everything past that is almost an act, you know? Yeah, and there is this weird thing as he's doing this transition where Marty's dealing with being down in the dumps. And I thought it was interesting that Rust, he takes him in, but he doesn't really show him compassion. Like he kind of does almost like a tough love where Marty's everything's terrible and it's over and Rust gets him focused on the job. Well, and I think he just really didn't want to find himself in the emotional middle of that marriage. And so one of his quotes there that that were pretty funny as well, because he just every time he starts trying to talk about the situation with Maggie's, I don't want to hear it. But he did have the quote, all that all the dick swagger you roll and you can't spot crazy pussy. I thought that was a good (laughs) rust line. That's the number two quote for me in this episode. (laughs) But here's maybe another thought. Rust has been through trauma and he's had to deal with difficult times. And it seems like in his past, the way he did it was focusing on his work to pull him through and not think about all that. And So part of me thought, is he doing this to Marty to give him something else to focus on? Because maybe that was Rust's coping in the past. Yeah, and I may be reading too much into it. And and this was kind of a point of conversation with me and Jessica last night. But we had talked about how, well, I had talked about the phone call that Maggie makes when Marty's out on his beat-up spree. And Maggie calls and asks about Marty, but then she's asking if he went inside with Jen And then he kind of pushes Marty towards Jen or pushes Russ towards Jen. I'm really struggling with character names today (laughs) more than I think I ever have in my life. But she starts pushing him towards Jen like there's comfort there. And he's, you know, like almost men, we know what we want and we're okay being alone. So like he's inferring there's something he wants. Okay, what does he want? You know what I mean? But he's saying he's okay being alone. It's obvious that he's alone. And then he tells her, like, Marty will be home, you know, go to bed. And so I think there is this push-pull with them where she's asking, why is she asking? I mean, it is her friend, I guess, but she's asking, did you go to bed with her? And then she's pushing him towards her. And so then why I bring that up here is now we see at some point he gets with Maggie and tries to push Maggie towards Marty, which to me was a little surprising. Were you surprised that he told her she needed to kind of get back with Marty for the sake of the kids and at least let Marty see the kids, but more get back together with him. Yeah, I understood both characters in this moment because, you know, at this point, Rust is still a character of unbreaking principle for the most part. Like he's damaged, he's beaten down, but his moral compass, even though it might not be the mainstream, is consistent. And is this the diner scene? It is, yes. Okay. And it's really interesting because, you know, I can understand her motivations as Rust is defending Marty and saying, oh, you guys are all alike. And she takes a shot at him and he gets up and walks away. And a really just visual part of the scene that I thought was cool is you're looking at her through the window of the diner and then you can see the reflection of him getting in the truck and driving away. I don't know how they did that in just changing that reflection with the lighting or something like that. But it was something as I was watching, I was like, I don't think I've ever seen that done that way. And it just stood out to me. Yeah, and generally this shot, like some of the shots in this show, it's shot very well. They do some cool stuff for sure. 
Okay, so what were your thoughts on him kind of infiltrating the biker world? What knowledge of the biker world do you have? And what did you think of his contact, Ginger, that he was trying to cut the deal with? Yeah, I'm definitely not a son of anarchy. I'm more of a stepson, half adopted on the side of oligarchy or something. I don't know. You know, it, it seemed to fit how I picture it. And it was cool, you know, again, here's Rust as super spy, mm-hmm. you know, going in there, he knows the connections, he knows the name. We kind of have an idea of him trying to get at this, you know, connection to our story, but it kind of, to your point earlier, it became like a sub story of this whole biker gang and like this one-off caper gone wrong and all sorts of stuff like that. But it hooked me. It did hook me in. And I kept waiting for Marty to totally fuck it up from the parking lot. Yeah, I mean, it was funny when he went in there and should have probably never tried to go in there in the first place. I don't really have a knowledge of biker gangs. And so seeing these like makeshift strip clubs to me was kind of funny. Like it wasn't like a fake stage or anything. They're just like in the middle of a room. (laughs) Like I found that kind of humorous. How did they recruit for that? Like biker gang, hiring strippers, come to this cardboard box and audition. Did you read this too? Like when he starts asking them as they start talking about the stash house and where this is going to be in the Houston projects and he's talking about the layout. It seems like Russ knows this area and knows this is probably not a great idea. And he's like asking them questions to try to get them to think about it. He's like, oh yeah, it sounds like you guys have got it thought out. But it seemed as he was going through that with him, he's worth, this is going to be a fucking shit show. Yeah. I think it worked out as good as it did, but I mean, that's fiction. Sometimes it does. What was your take on him kind of beating the shit out of Ginger to get him out of there? Jess seemed to be a little confused in that, like why Ginger just didn't go. But I think... You know, it's probably not in their, like, DNA to retreat, I guess. And and once he had to hit him to get him out of there, then he's kind of revealed. Or once Marty was going to pick him up, they're pretty much revealed anyway, right? Marty just kind of looks yeah. like a cop. The, what was the your take on that? Blown. Yeah, it seemed, you know, you got people shooting at you, and now somebody's punching you, you're going to want to fight back. But it seemed in that character's mindset, if I put myself in there, you need to be snapped out of the dog fight. And almost like they were smelling salts is what Rust was given him to figure out the only way out. Uh, because I think he knew that Rust knew that these, that the biker gang, they're kind of more wild animals. And once the one biker shot the dude, he knew what was happening. And it's okay, exit strategy right now. And that was really... That was really exactly why he's the Michael Jordan of being a son of a bitch. You had mentioned your overall, you know, liking that ending shot where it's the helicopter like flying over the scene. And it's just like I called it, I mean, a huge budget. Like they spent a good chunk of budget on this episode, probably. Did you have any other thoughts on that last scene? Well, I don't know necessarily that the helicopter shot was it for me, but as they are running through the neighborhood, there's one camera tracking and people going in and out of doors and there's no cut, there's no break. And just like, I'm not a filmmaker, but I can appreciate all the moving parts. They had to have timed perfectly so that when the camera gets to the end of the building, you know, Rust and Ginger are running around the corner from the other side. And that's something you don't see a lot on cable TV or network TV. It's 
And that's actually kind of a throwback. I mean, Hitchcock did things like that and Orson Welles did things like that. So the fact that they did something like took such a cinematic swing was something that I really appreciate. Yeah. And I think all the shots added to the suspense and anxiety of the scenes. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Prestige-ish Media Podcast. In this episode, we covered True Detective Season 1, Episode 4, Who Goes There? I was your host for this episode, Craig Lake. Co-hosting with me for this episode was Jessica Z and Dan McNair. You can find our show at Prestige-ish Media on Instagram and Prestige underscore ish on X. You can find me at Real Real Batman on both. You can find Jessica Z at Jobless Dog Mom and Dan McNair at Dan McNair 1017, both on Instagram. We hope you will join us for coming episodes as we cover True Detective seasons one through three on the way to the season four premiere January 14th on HBO, which we will also be covering. Thank you again for listening. If you can, please like and subscribe to our podcast on all your favorite platforms, and we hope you will join us again for another episode soon. And at the top of its peak, they shut the ride down on us. Jeez, so you got it there think, too, huh? And I think it was like our last ride. We were just talking about Dan and I. the rest of the day. Dan and I got shut down on a ride in Disneyland, California. And the only other time I think I've had to be evacuated <laughs> from a ride. Weren't there guys with like, how did we get out of there even? We had to walk down like 17 flights of stairs. And then they kept telling us like, no phones out. If we see your phone, we're going to confiscate it. And that's what they were worried about. <laughs> <laughs>